more legal trouble could be brewing for Donald Trump, and not only Donald Trump, but his allies. CNN is reporting that Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is expected to indict more than a dozen people as soon as next week. Willis, of course, has been investigating actions taken by Trump and his allies to try to overturn the results in Georgia in the 2020 election in a state that Joe Biden won, including efforts to pressure election officials, a plot to put forward fake electors, and a voting system's breach in one county. CNN Sarah Murray joins us now. Sarah, indictments against more than a dozen people. So who might that include? Well, you know, look, she's got a pretty wide scope of her investigation. So there are some familiar names I think we're looking for. Rudy Giuliani, Trump's former attorney, was told months and months ago he was a target in this investigation. Same with David Schaefer, the head of the Republican Party in Georgia who served as a fake elector. And of course, Donald Trump himself is at the center of this investigation. His team believes that he is going to be indicted for a fourth time. But again, there are people who were involved in the Coffee County voting systems breach that are worried that they are going to be on the list of people who could be charged. There are people who pressured election officials who have concerns that they could be among those charged. So we will see what happens when she goes before a grand jury next week and makes her case seeking these indictments. Right. And this will be the first time uh, Georgia charges are brought. We've had federal charges. Um, you're also learning that uh, Fannie Willis, the district attorney in Fulton County, has been eyeing conspiracy and racketeering charges. What, what might that indicate about the breadth of this case? So it basically allows her to charge multiple defendants at once and sort of craft this narrative that this was all sort of part of a criminal enterprise. And if she decides to charge Donald Trump, that Donald Trump was at the head of it and that all of these efforts were essentially linked. So it allows you to sort of weave together a narrative of what happened around the 2020 election. And also when you're looking at these racketeering charges, they come with much steeper penalties than some of the underlying crimes. So if you want to pressure a witness to flip, if you want to pressure, you know, a defendant to try to take a plea deal, this gives more leverage to the prosecutor. Fascinating. Sarah Murray, thanks so much. And of course, we also have federal charges against Donald Trump in our Law and Justice League today. A newly obtained court filing shows that special counsel Jack Smith's team secured a search warrant back in January for Donald Trump's Twitter account. This was part of their investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election on a federal level. The search was so secret, Twitter was barred from telling Trump it was even happening. Twitter, which we should note has changed its name to X, was fined $350,000 for delaying handing over its records to the special counsel. But the company, run by Elon Musk, ultimately did comply. CNN's Paula Reid is here with us now. Paula, break down this story for us. What kind of information were prosecutors hoping to gain from Twitter, Twitter from Donald Trump's Twitter account? I mean, the public posts are, are, are there. Exactly. It suggests that they wanted something that was not public. But this opinion is clearly written in a way as to obscure what the specific request was beyond just data and records. It's very clear from the way this is written that they did not want us to know. And it's also clear that there was some tension, the government being frustrated with Twitter for maybe dropping hints in some of these hearings about what the request was, and Twitter then also blasting the government for not being clear enough about exactly what it was they were seeking. Hmm. Why did Twitter, run by Elon Musk, we should note, delay handing over records of, of Trump's, Trump's uh, Twitter account? So they did not appear to object to the warrant itself, but they took issue with the secrecy, not being able to inform uh, Trump about this warrant. They argued that was a violation of the First Amendment and the current laws that govern electronic communications and social media. Now, one of the arguments that prosecutors made is they said, look, if he knows about this warrant, he could try to potentially destroy evidence or even 
flee. But when the judge made their decision on this case, they did not take into consideration him being a real flight risk. Why did prosecutors ultimately agree to allow Twitter to tell Trump about the search warrant? Eventually, they felt enough was public about this investigation that it was okay to inform him about the warrant, but they were careful to try to protect the identities of investigators. And Jake, that's something that we see now. Almost eight months after this warrant was first requested, there are concerns about the former president lashing out at the people running this investigation. All right, Paula Reed, thanks so much. With us now to discuss CNN senior legal analyst, Ellie Honig. Ellie, what would prosecutors be looking for on Trump's Twitter account that wasn't already public in his tweets? Yeah, Jake, if it was just Donald Trump's public tweets, those are already publicly available. You could just get them by subpoena, which is a much easier method. The fact that they went and got a search warrant tells me prosecutors were looking for something more. And that could include draft but unsent tweets. And I base that on a couple of things. First of all, I know from my own experience, prosecutors and investigators often want to look into draft emails, draft texts, because you can get some valuable insight into a person's state of mind. And second, if you look at the January 6th committee report, there are several mentions throughout there of draft memos and draft documents, because again, they can be really revealing as to a person's state of mind. Also, of course, DMs, I would think, any private messages exactly. in there, yes. right? Uh, Trump reacted to the news of the search warrant uh, of his Twitter account. He wrote, quote, just found out that crooked Joe Biden's Department of Justice secretly attacked my Twitter account, making it a point not to let me know about this major hit, hit in quotes for some inexplicable reason, hit on my civil rights. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Does the First Amendment still exist? Um, unquote. Uh, Ellie, uh, as Paula noted, uh, there are concerns uh, about possible violations of his First Amendment, right? Yeah, but I don't think the First Amendment is going to be an issue here. First of all, prosecutors use people's statements, their public statements, as evidence of crimes against them all the time. That's sort of evidence 101. The other thing is the way prosecutors did this is they got a search warrant, meaning they had to go to a federal judge, establish probable cause. The judge had to then sign off on it. And I should note, if Donald Trump wants to challenge this search warrant, he absolutely can do that. He can argue prosecutors improperly obtained the search warrant, improperly executed it. It's not going to be a First Amendment question. It's going to be an evidentiary question, but he'll have his chance to challenge this for sure. Turning to Fulton County, you heard CNN Sarah Murray uh, just report uh, that Fannie Willis, the district attorney there in Atlanta, is expected to indict more than a dozen people, perhaps as soon as next week. Uh, are you surprised? Uh, what does that tell you about her case? I am a little surprised. It tells me that Fannie Willis is getting ready to take a very broad, very aggressive swing here. And just for the sake of scale, Jack Smith has indicted one person, of course, Donald Trump, and he's named six other co-conspirators. And that covers the entire nationwide effort to steal this election. And now we hear that Fonnie Willis is looking at indicting a dozen or more people only relating to Georgia. Now, part of that could be consistent with Sarah's reporting that some of the focus is on more local officials who wouldn't necessarily be on Jack Smith's radar. But this is a very aggressive swing and indictment is the easy part for prosecutors. The hard part is going to see whether she can back it up. Do you think that we will see next week, assuming the indictments come down, then 12 people charged in the same indictment, or will they be 12 separate indictments, maybe? 
Very interesting strategic decision that's entirely up to the DA. On the one hand, if you charge everyone together, you essentially eliminate any chance you have of trying Donald Trump quickly before the election because your indictment's gonna be so heavy, so overloaded with defendants. On the other hand, if you split them into 12 separate indictments, yes, you have a better chance of getting Donald Trump to trial quicker, but then you're asking for 12 separate trials. Each of those people's entitled to their own trials. You can't group them together if they're on separate indictments. So tricky calculus to do here for the prosecutor. Might it be, for instance, Donald Trump in one indictment and then all the fake electors, I'm just making it up, I don't know yep. who, who she's gonna indict, but all the fake electors in another one and then other co-conspirators in a third indictment? Great point, absolutely. You could do Donald Trump, indict him by himself and then sort of group the others more than one at a time, sure. Willis says it's gonna take about two days for her to present her case before the grand jury. She's expected to start next week, Monday, theoretically. Could we see these indictments announced as soon as close of business Tuesday? Absolutely. And two days, if that doesn't sound like a lot of time to present a case, you are allowed to summarize evidence in front of a grand jury. So you don't have to call every single witness individually. You can call, for example, a law enforcement agent who can summarize vast amounts of information. And all signs, Jake, are pointing to us getting word of this indictment very quickly, if not immediately after it's returned. All right, Ellie Honig, thank you so much. Appreciate it.